This week on Mind of a Madman, we're going to look at the Large Hadron Collider. Uh, it's over in Switzerland. But before that, we're going to, as always, get into the news from the week. Um, this week, I've got uh, four stories. Uh, I had more, but I want to kind of keep it short because uh, the whole uh, our topic today about the the Super Collider it's it's going to be kind of lengthy, so I want to keep this part kind of short. So. First article is entitled, uh, NASA Returns Hubble Space Telescope to Science Operations. Finally, you know, NASA's got uh, the Hubble Telescope fixed. Uh, oper- the article goes to say, <clears throat> NASA has returned the science instruments on the Hubble, teles- Hubble Space Telescope to operational status, and the collection of sati- science data will now resume. Uh, this will be the first science data collected since the payload computer experienced a problem on June 13th, which placed instruments in a safe configuration and suspended science operations. Uh, so thanks to their dedication and thoughtful work, the NASA team was able to get Hubble uh, going and it will continue to build on its 31-year legacy, broadening our horizon with its view of the universe. First observation was scheduled for today. Uh, we're still waiting to hear how, how it went. Um, but most op- most observations missed while scientific operations were suspended will be rescheduled for a later date. The Hubble team has been investigating the cause of the payload computer problem since it first occurred. On July 15th, the team switched the spacecraft to backup software. NASA anticipates that Hubble will last for many more years and will continue making groundbreaking observations, working in tandem with other space observatories, including the James Webb Space Telescope, to further our knowledge of the universe. Launched in 1990, the Hubble has been observing the universe for over 31 years, has has taken over 1.5 million observations of the universe, and over 18,000 scientific papers have been published with its data. It has contributed to some of the most significant discoveries of our cosmos, including the accelerating expansion of the universe, the evolution of galaxies over time, and the first atmospheric studies of planets beyond our solar system. So, you know, thankfully, you know, know, it looks like they got the Hubble telescope up up and running again. Uh, So, you know, that's definitely a good thing. On our next article... It's titled, Alien Signal Coming from Below Antarctica. Uh, Our detections at the South Pole have so far defied explanation, inviting theories beyond conventional physics. Physicists are are still wrestling with the strange signals coming in from space that, to date, have defied easy explanation. The signals were flagged by NASA... Uh... The signals were flagged by a NASA-funded collection of horn radio antennas held aloft over Antarctica by a giant balloon. The device, called the Antarctic Impulsive Transient Antenna, picks up radio signals produced when high-energy particles coming from deep space encounter our atmosphere. Some waves skim the Earth before before they hit it, and others bounce off the ice. Um, it can tell the difference uh, between the two 
During its first float in 2006 and again in 2014, the device picked up anomalous signals that resembled the kind that skimmed the Earth, but strangely they seemed to be coming from the surface. Uh, so, you know, that, I mean, you know, it's a short article, but basically what's going on <clears throat> is there's, there's signals coming from under the Arctic ice, like aliens, or like, they're signals, radio waves, <clears throat> you know, and <clears throat> I'm sure this is going to be leading a lot of, uh, the conspiracy theorists who believe that there's, there's bases underneath, underneath, uh, the Arctic ice, um, a lot of conspiracy theories believe that you know the, the, the you know the Nazis from Germany after World War II built a base well they had bases down in Antarctica and they think that you know, they may have burrowed under the ice and there might be you know bases down there now so I'm sure this is just going to fuel that fire big time um, on to our next story it's titled cameraman zoomed in to the moon and sees three UFOs <clears throat> Uh, this is a moment, er, alright, so, uh, below is a picture, I'm gonna put this picture, um, up on our Facebook page, so you guys can look at it and see what you guys think, cause it's definitely, uh, it's pretty convincing pictures to me, I mean, could it be photoshopped? In this day and age, anything can be photoshopped, I mean, you know, let's not lie, but, for this to be photoshopping, it would it, it, be pretty hard, it's picture of a small sliver of the moon up close and you can see it looks like well, there's some kind of UFOs or some kind of craft are orbiting the moon. Um, so the the, uh, the uh, author of this article says I'm definitely leaning towards this being actual UFO evidence but it's 2021 and I know that anything is possible. Honestly, don't think that the heat shimmer, that it's heat shimmer that the video is seeing. Uh, and then it just goes on to say that uh, there's a shimmer in this video, but as a good sign because for it to be there, it's possible, for it to be there, it's possibly way too much trouble for the fakers to add it to a video. And make it look right when faking it. Uh, the video was uploaded by Instagrammer flat underscore earth underscore stuff underscore v2. It, um, it's a video. It shows a bit. Uh, so, I mean, it's. There's not really much. In this article, just kind of just there's there's more pictures. I'm gonna save another one here. I'm gonna put a couple pictures up on our uh, Facebook because there's a couple good shots of this. Uh, the author just goes on to say that that's why I look into the UFO phenomenon because I want more than what the government saying than than uh, the government sanctioned news. It's history, but it's to it's history, but it's too literal. It's an editorial history. Which, as you may already know, that it's history someone is paying people to say. It's a narrative that has so far become the truth. That's what he's saying about the government edited news, is that, you know, it's, 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 it's made up. So, uh, 
So like I said, I'll have some pictures of of this. There's there's one, one's really zoomed in, and you really it's kind of hard to see. But I mean, you, you can make things up. But then there's one where it's zoomed back a little bit, and it's when you see it, it's it's pretty hard hard to fake something like this. And whatever these crafts are, they they gotta be pretty big. So I'll have that on the Facebook page. And our last article. In uh, a historic first, NASA spacecraft maps what lurks below the surface of Mars. Uh, let's see here. It just says that uh, in November 2018, NASA landed the InSight uh, lander on a Martian surface, about 2,000 miles east um, of Blotcha. Uh, the eight-time... The eighth time the space agency has put a robotic explorer on the red planet, and the mission, the mission, which was which was recently extended into 2022, it's it's listening for Mars quakes. Uh, the first planetary rattle detected by InSight seismometer, was known as SEIS, in 2019, was just like that first tentative drawing by Huygens. Uh, the Huygens uh, spacecraft detected a quake when it was going around Mars a few years earlier. Um, <clears throat> it goes on to say it revealed Mars was more seismically, seismically active than the moon, but not as active as the Earth, which gave researchers a tantalizing first look at the kind of data inset we'd be able to gather. So... Uh, previous research has shown that Mars quakes are common, but they're not very powerful. Only a handful register upward of a magnitude 3, which on Earth might feel like a slight rumbling a few miles away. Uh, most originate in the upper layer of the planet's crust, but studies probe 10 that originated from deeper uh, than the surface. So listening to Mar waves generated by these quakes is how researchers came to understand Mars's innards. Seismic waves that go through the planet's interior are changed by the material they come into contact with, allowing insight to paint a picture of what's happening in the ground. So basically, they do what the, what they have on Earth here. You know, you send a signal or you know like a vibration through the Earth, and you know different densities of different materials will make you know it'll change uh, the readings as it goes through. You plus you know so. If you do this enough, you can kind of you know figure out you know, like the size of different layers under, under the crust. So, uh, for Mars, the article goes on to say that for Mars, most uh, most uh, most of what we know is limited to the top meter. You know, because before this craft, that's pretty much all we've, all we've, all we've been able to, me to, to measure. So this goes on to say that the top layer of crust. It's composed of basalt rock, which is from ancient lava flows. Seems to be around 10 kilometers or 6.2 miles thick. Uh, but Insight has revealed that in other areas, the crust can be twice as thick. Um, and then... Then there's also a mantle below the crust. Uh, it's... Uh, and then, uh, the, and then they found that, that there's also a third layer to the crust, 
At first they thought it was just the crust of the mantle, but then they found that there's actually a third layer of crust, about 40 kilometers deep. Then there's the Martian core, which threw up some surprises. Um, the boundary between the mantle and the core seems to be a, a thousand miles below the surface, which is larger than some studies have suggested. Um, they think it's an iron-nickel core, which is less dense than previously predicted, but it's in a liquid state, as other studies have argued. So Insight's trying to say that, that Mars still has a molten core, but it's not iron like Earth has. It's a lot smaller. It's a nickel, nickel core, which might explain why there's no, gra uh, no, no, no uh, magnetic field around Mars. <clears throat> uh... So, yeah, it just kind of goes on to you know explain more more of the science behind that, but more or less they basically determined that Mars has is Mars is made up of multiple multiple layers of different crusts. Then there's a mantle, and then there's a liquid core. So you know maybe Mars isn't 100 percent geologically dead as we as we thought it was, but so now. We're through the news. Let's uh, move on to our topic, which is CERN's Large Hadron Collider. Um, we're going to get into something later on in a couple weeks. It's called the uh, Mandela Effect. And before we get into the Mandela Effect, we need to look at the, at the CERN uh, Large Hadron Collider because the two could potentially go hand in hand. If... Um, the Mandela effect is real. If it does exist, this could this could be the cause of it. So I figured we you know we would look at this first. So what is the the CERN Large Hadron Collider? Um, it's a massive particle accelerator. It is located 100 meters underground at CERN near the Geneva Switzerland border. It is a 27 kilometer long ring of superconducting magnets with accelerating structures that uh, boost particles. Two beams travel close to the speed of light in opposite directions. So what's the purpose of, uh, of, of the Hadron Super Collider? Well, in the 1970s, the standard model of particle physics predicted a wide variety of phenomenon, which so far has explained most experimental results. But the standard model is incomplete. It doesn't explain the origin of mass. Also, it does not explain why some particles are heavy and why some particles have no weight at all. To find evidence and possibly observe dark matter, which is theorized to make up 73% of the universe. Also, to observe the Higgs boson particle, also known as the God particle, which is the, part, the particle which was supposedly created just after the Big Bang Theory. Um... To build this, it costs approximately four point seven five uh, uh, billion, with a B, billion dollars. Four point seven five billion. And it was mostly paid for by uh, European countries. It cons it consumes approximately seven hundred and fifty gigawatts of electricity of power a year. That's more power than a lot of cities use. So this thing, is, it's huge. It takes up a lot of power. Um, temperatures in the reactor can reach. A thousand times the center of the sun for brief moments. Now, now you would think, you know, how can something get that hot and not melt whatever it touches? 
Well, because you got to understand where this happens is basically it's more or less a vacuum. So it's 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 magnetically suspended in the middle of this of this this uh, you know of these tubes. It's it's suspended, so you know it's not really touching anything. So, uh, in non-scientific terms, the Hadron Collider takes two atoms, shoots them through extremely long tubes near the speed of light in opposite directions, and smashes them together. When they collide, they create subatomic particles or particles smaller than atoms, which are Higgs bosons, quarks, and even electrons. Just to name a few. The issue is there could be unseen effects that we are cre- we are creating the dis- when there are, there are unseen effects we are creating the conditions that happened at the time of the big bang theory uh, to get a little bit get a little biblical for just a second in the bible jesus said the days leading to his return would be as the days of noah now a couple weeks ago we talked about the nephilim or the giants and that was one of the main reasons why the flood supposedly happened other reason was this was right after they it was soon after they built the tower of babel which they were trying to build a tower to heaven to see the other side to see you know what you know what what lies beyond our world you know in the other realms well essentially what cern is attempting to do they said another effect from what they're doing is they might be able to open up a portal to other dimensions so we'd be able to see other other dimensions for a brief for fractions of a second. You know, so is that what was talked about in the Bible as far as in the days of Noah? You know, it, uh, you know, are they saying that that you know we're going to be trying to peer into the heavens again? Just you know, it's just something thrown out there. Um, so, are there any scientists that have any concerns about this? Absolutely. One of the most famous scientists of the 20th century, Stephen Hawking, who just passed away a little, a little while ago here, he stated that it could trigger a catastrophic decay which could release time and space to collapse. You know, he, you know, he had said that this could potentially open up a black hole that would, that would swallow the Earth, or that it could, or that, or that it could create antimatter which would collide with, with matter and the Earth would be, would be... Uh, you know, we just basically disappear it fraction of a second. We wouldn't even know it was coming. Uh, Sergio Bertolucci stated that it could potentially open doorways to other dimensions for a very short time period, per- for a very short time period, allowing us to observe it for fractions of a second. So, I don't know if you've seen Stranger Things. This kind of sounds like Stranger Things, you know, where we open up a portal into another dimension. The problem with opening a portal to another dimension is when you open that portal, you know, what could come through in the time of, time that it's open? We're, you know, we're very we're, we're definitely dabbling in, in a potentially very dangerous situation. Many serious scientists fear that the, the Hadron Collider could create a black hole engulfing the entire Earth. <clears throat> so, that's the main concern there so is there any proof of this well uh, there's no there's no 
hard proof. The closest thing that we have the proof, though, is what I mentioned at the beginning of the show, which is uh, the um, the uh, Mandela effect. <clears throat> now, I'm not going to go into the Mandela effect big here because we're going to be we're going to have a whole show dedicated to just this in a couple weeks. But I mean, I'm just going to go over the brief, the real, you know, like the, readers, the, the Reader's Digest version of what the Mandela effect is. It's defined as a phenomenon where a large group of people remember things differently than than it actually occurred. Basically, it's as though it's as though history has changed for part of the population, or as though part of the a population has jumped to an alternative universe or an alternative timeline. So, like, it's like it's like a group a group of people will will remember a group of people will remember something. And and, and and everybody else remembers it a different way, and you can you can be a hundred percent sure that I know it was that way, but you're wrong. You know, like one example is when you were in in elementary school. Do you remember the Berenstein Bears or the Berenstein Bears? Or no, it's the Berenstein or the Berenstain. So when you were you know you know reading books in elementary school, do you remember the Berenstein Bears? Or do you remember the Berenstain Bears? I distinctly remember it being the Berenstain, or, uh, the Berenstain Bears. I know it. I, I, I would I would bet everything I owned on it. it was, you know, as Berenstain Bears, I would lose. If you go back and look, it's always been the Berenstain Bears. Always been a hundred percent. You know, I would fight somebody over this, but it's truth. At least in this alt in this universe slash timeline that we are currently on. Another example is in Star Wars. Now Star Wars has a bunch of them, but one of the Star Wars ones is uh, the big silver robot uh, uh, C-3PO. His legs. Do you remember him being solid gold, or do you remember one leg being gold and one leg being silver? Once again, I would bet everything that he was 100% gold. That always was, always has been. You know, no, his one leg is silver. You don't believe me, because you know, especially if you have a hard time believing it, like I am, you know, like, like I did when I first found out. Go back and check it out. It's silver, and I thought, okay, maybe it was you know, during you know, like the uh, you know, you know, like the reboots that just happened a few years ago. So I went back to the original Star Wars, you know, the, the original Star, you know, the, you know, the original ones, and I'll be damned, he has a silver leg. Um, these are just two that, that you know, like there's a bunch of them that, that you know, you might not, you might not feel all of them were that way, but usually if you go through a list of twenty or thirty of these, you, you know, I guarantee at least at least a third of them you're gonna be like, wait a minute, I'll, you know, you that's wrong. I remember it differently, and that's what that's what the Mandela effect is. Um, it's it's almost like 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 history has changed for some of us. It's like for some of us. We have, you know, jumped into a different, into a different universe or a different timeline, and um, so basically, what the, what the theory is is that every time that they that that, that they do one of these huge, uh, one of these huge uh, collisions, and they open up a portal into another dimension. What if either our timeline gets changed, or we're jumping to a different timeline, and it's rewriting history? 
So each time that they're doing this, something else changes. And right now it's small things, but, uh, you know, if, you know, if, if this theory is, is, is true, what if big things start to change? What if, what if the world, what, what if the outcome of World War II would, would be changed? You know, or who knows what else would have changed? Uh, it's frightening. So, science explains this phenomenon as false memories. They're just saying that you know people re- that you know people remember things wrong. I agree with that. People do remember things wrong, but when so many people remember things so the way they are, you know, when people remember these things so strongly, things that you've seen over and over and over your childhood. I mean, you know, like you know, if you're trying to reconstruct something for or, or like something happened, you know, for the police. You know, you know, I mean, okay, you know, you might have, you know, your brain might not have captured everything, and, you know, you might remember things wrong, because it's a one-time experience. But when it's something that you've seen over and over and over, or you've done over and over and over, you're not going to forget those things. You're not going to have false memories of those things. Especially things from your childhood. So... Science is claiming that it's false memories. But what if it's not? What if this Hadron Collider, every time that they fire it, and they open up a portal to another dimension, it's changing our timeline? Or it's throwing us into a parallel universe where everything's the same, just a little, just something small in the past has, has changed. Well, let's hope that's not the case and it's not true, because... They are building another uh, a collider at CERN, and this one's going to be even. This one's going to be four times the size. Going to cost twenty billion dollars, and they're looking at uh, conducting the first experiments in uh, the middle of the twenty thirties. So about we got about 10, 10 to fifteen years, and this and this thing's going to fire up. Let's pray that the the current CERN Hadron Super Collider or uh, the large uh, collider is not causing the Mendel effect. Because if it is, what's going to happen when we start when, when we, you know when we start doing particle collisions at four times the four times their current size? Imagine what what potential you know gateways we could open up. So this is this is you know very this is very frightening science. Hopefully you know. Hopefully, you know, it's, you know, it's, you know, the, this is just, you know, uh, you know, right, you know, collective uh, false memories or whatever, but unfortunately, you know, facts are looking, uh, are looking to be, you know, uh, the other way. So, like I said, in a couple of weeks, we're going to do um, a, a whole show just on the Mandela effect. Um, so, to close out this week... Let's look at last week's question of the week. So last week, I asked you, you know, do you think that what takes place at the at, at the CERN Super Collider, Hadron Super Collider, well, you know, what takes place there can affect us in, a, in our in our everyday lives? And I mean, you know, you know, you, you know, or you can see my 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 answer already because that's you know, I kind of asked that question to kind of lead lead in, in, into this show. Um, 
you know, a lot of the Mandela Effect things, over half of them, uh, I can definitely look at it and say, yeah, you know, I remember it differently. I remember it the way that, you know, not you know, not the way that it's, you know, been recorded in, in history. So, um, I, I definitely feel 100% that what's happening at CERN is affecting us. And I really am, uh, I'm extremely concerned about what's going to happen here in about 10 or 15 years when they fire that even bigger one. I'm very, very fearful for mankind as a whole. I mean, hopefully I'm wrong and my fears are unfounded, but I hate to say it, unfortunately, I don't think my fears are unfounded. I think there's a purpose behind it, so. So that's that's my take on it. So now, uh, the question for this week is, what do you feel, or how do you feel, about the flat, the flat Earth theory? Um... If you don't know what that is, basically there's, there's still people on Earth who feel that, you know, the Earth is flat. It's not round, it's not a globe, that all the pictures that NASA has shown us from, from space is all a big, it's all a big, um, it's all fake. That the Earth's really flat, and you know, you know, there is no curvature to the Earth, and that you really could fall off, off of one side. I mean, I'm talking famous people, people in Hollywood believe this. So, what is your take? Do you think that there's even a potential chance that we've been lied to and that um, the Earth is flat? Or do you think that these people are just crazy and that, of course, it's, it's a sphere? Uh, let me know what you guys think. Go on the Facebook page. Uh, answer this question if, you know, um, while you're there. Take a look at the picture that I, that I, that I put up there of uh, the moon with those supposed three UFOs. And you let, me, you know, let me know what you think about those as well. Uh, Until next week, stay safe.